always depended on the kindness of strangers. All right, so he's not a regular rat or, or even a super rat. He's a scared little mouse, that's all. Welcome to the next episode of The Real Woman Podcast, focused on all things cinematic. My guest today is Tom Cherusulo, author of Authors Out Here, Fitzgerald, West, Parker, and Schulberg in Hollywood. Tom, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So, so just give me a little bit of background, um, how you sort of became interested in in Fitzgerald and F. Scott Fitzgerald, and, and uh, you're a professor, if, if I'm correct? That's right, yeah. I'm a professor of English uh, and the chairman of uh, Humanities and Fine Arts at Elms College in Chicopee, Massachusetts. And uh, I mean, I've always been interested in Fitzgerald, um, you know, starting with The Great Gatsby, I think, when I was in, in high school. And it's, of course, a something I read again and again. Uh, I used to read it every year. Now it's every five years. I know it pretty well. I teach it every year. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and, you know, The the Great Gatsby <laughs> was the first book I read. It was on a um, reading list before. Um, it was like summer reading list, you know, before sophomore year. And, and it was the first book I read that was like a school, you know, issued book that I actually liked. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. I mean, it teaches very well. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, especially with all it has to say about the American dream and, and what we're going through now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. It, uh, what, what, would you, what do you think Fitzgerald would have to say about uh, what we're going through now? <laughs> well, he certainly, you know, it was somebody that, uh, you know, there's, some ways two halves of, of Fitzgerald's career there's the 20th the 20s half um you know where he uh, the jazz age the flappers uh and then the you know the writing high and then of course there's the there's the um the 30s and the uh you know the sort of hangover and, and that depression um you know so very much you know just as he embodied the 20s to a lot of uh, people in the media in the 30s, certainly when he was in decline, uh, you know, and, and I argue against that a little bit in my in my book, but it's certainly uh, true that he that he thought he was in uh, a certain decline. Certainly, his popularity had had waned a little bit by then. Um, so yeah, no, he was somebody who was definitely. Um, but you don't think he would be a, a Trump supporter? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. It's hard to know what what Fitzgerald's politics were. Um, you know, out in Hollywood, he, uh, you know, some of some of the people I wrote about, like uh, you know Dorothy Parker and and Bud Schulberg, were actual members of the the Communist Party. Um, you know, and Nathaniel West also had leftist sort of leanings, um, although he was a little bit afraid of the common man. Uh, but Fitzgerald, no, I don't think Fitzgerald. I think Fitzgerald. Uh, um, was you know maybe apolitical in some in some in some ways. He certainly did not get you know when the other people I was writing about in, in the book um, were getting involved in uh, fighting for the rights of screenwriters. Uh, he you know he wasn't. So um, the focus of this uh, talk is um, primarily Fitzgerald's time in Hollywood. Uh, what would you say is the greatest misconception about? Uh, Fitzgerald's time in Hollywood. Well, that, that he was um, ruined by Hollywood is certainly the you know the the, the popular narrative um, that somehow you know that it's this myth that um, you know he was as a novelist he was in this realm of just pure artistic production and then when he became and came to write for Hollywood which was a collaborative medium and you know so one sort of a much lower on the on the uh, you know the prestige scale um, between high and low culture that that sort of ruined him. Um, but you know that's a myth. I mean, he he never made most of his money from his novels. Uh, he made most of his money in the twenties from writing short stories and, and magazine pieces. Um, and again, he was never really considered a high literary um, artist. You, you know, even by his friends, like people like. 
Edmund Wilson. You know, Edmund Wilson had a thing where he said that Fitzgerald was like a foolish old woman to whom someone had entrusted a diamond. You know, <laughs> meaning that Fitzgerald had this great um, talent and didn't really know what to do with it. You know, he wrote very beautifully, but sort of emptily and sort of, you know, was sort of wasting his talent on, on writing about the... Hemingway uh, you know, sort of had a similar comment about him like that, too, didn't he? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, but, you know, there's this, the famous line is that, uh, you know, apparently Fitzgerald said to Hemingway, you know, the rich are a lot different than you and I, and Hemingway said, yes, they have more money. Um, which is actually, the truth was, that it was the opposite, you know, that uh, the good line uh, was, was Fitzgerald's, and, and Hemingway had been the one that, uh, you know, and the other thing about Hemingway is that, he, you know, they always said that he would... Uh, always give a, a, a hand to somebody a rung up on the ladder. You know, anyone that was, um, <laughs> that was, uh, you know, he thought that was uh, further along than he was or could do something for him, he was nice to. But, you know, certainly was somebody once you were, uh, you know, uh, weaker than him or sort of needed help, he wasn't really, he wasn't really there. So, so where did um, this myth come from that Fitzgerald's time in Hollywood was not, like, good or not positive? I mean, a lot of it comes from even, you know, his friend Bud Schulberg was, was one of the people um, who was much younger than Fitzgerald, but that they had worked on scripts together in Hollywood. And, and uh, Schulberg wrote a book called um, The Disenchanted um, that was, you know, a very, um, not even loosely based, you know, firmly based on, on Fitzgerald's uh, career in the 20s and the sort of decline later. And it was uh, on and a, another a, thing a, was Edmund, mm-hmm. Edmund Wilson when it went after Fitzgerald died and they sort of put together, you know, sort of the, um, some of the additions. Um, you know, Edmund Wilson was, was firmly believed that Hollywood had ruined, had ruined Fitzgerald. Interesting. Um, but he did have issues in Hollywood. He wasn't... Uh, uh, he wasn't really a great scriptwriter. No, he really wasn't. I mean, his strength was uh, was in style, um, but good scripts are about construction. You know, movies are um, need to have um, you know, a firm characterization. They need to have firm plot, um, and that was ne- you know, plotting was never Fitzgerald's um, strength. And his dialogue, which looks very good on the page. Um, was not good for for film. It was they you know they found it too flowery. Uh, so why did he? But he he also didn't like to collaborate. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, he didn't I, like he to didn't. collaborate either. I mean, he, you know, he had a very um, firm idea of the artist as a singular genius. Um, that you know, uh, a, one person. You know, film obviously is collaborative, and Fitzgerald was a terrible collaborator. You know. And and I you had an interesting story about that actually about his not liking to collaborate um, having to do with Joe Mankiewicz and uh, yeah. Ted Paramore. Yeah, yeah, you know a writer that uh, that Joe thought was beneath him. You know somebody that he had known you know back east, um, and uh, you know somebody that who had rewrote um, one of Fitzgerald's scripts, which was just typical. I mean that's what producers did uh, during the studio era. You know, they had many people working on scripts, and then they just, the producer would just, uh, you know, cobble together the best version of the script from all of the different, uh, you know, know, people that were working on it. Um, And, you know, Fitzgerald hated that. He wanted it, you know, he thought that his script should have been shot as, you know, as is. Um, It was very highly paid scriptwriter, too. I mean, that's the other thing, too. You know, very highly paid um, Mainly because he was Fitzgerald, I and mean, he was a name. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, because um, you know the the film world had very little prestige, so being able to get somebody like Fitzgerald or, or even Faulkner was another example. Um, you know, sometimes they just would they just kept Faulkner around because they liked him. You know, because he was a uh, you know a famous writer. And so what studio was was Fitzgerald at? He worked for a lot of them. I mean, you know, he, he worked for, um, you know, MGM paid the most, so he worked for them for a while. He worked for for Fox. He worked at, he worked at a lot of them. Um, you know, and they would be for short 
stints of time, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, usually a few weeks at a time. And he worked on, you know, he worked a, a very, said a very small contribution to Gone with the Wind. Um, oh, about, yes. He, uh, he, he <laughs> mentioned, yes, that he got on Gone with the Wind as a result of a, was it a, a, a Greta Garbo picture that didn't happen? What was that story? Yeah. Yeah, that's usually what would happen. I mean, you know, so they would have people working on something and then they would move them, move them to another one. Um, so, yeah, he very briefly worked on uh, on Gone with the Wind and then, you know, wrote something about, I guess, like Ashley Wilkes' sash or something like that. You know, I think one one of his lines made it into, um, you know, and he, but he didn't get credit for a lot. I mean, the, the, the main movie that he got credit for is a movie called Three Comrades. Um, and was that, what was uh, it a good movie? Was it? It's okay, yeah. No, it's pretty good. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's about the three friends who go to war and, uh, you know, in some ways, they all have these different relationships with them, in love with the same, the same woman, and that sounds yeah, familiar. No, not a bad movie. <laughs> not one. Yeah, that's right. I know. Yeah, there's, there's, um, yeah, no, it's 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 a pretty good film. Um, not one that shows up very often on a. Yeah, no. Is it available? Yeah, I mean, you could. I, I mean, I, I it was on Turner Classic Movies, I think, a, you know, a few years ago. Um, and of course, everything's available now. I mean, when I was right. writing the book, you know, which was not that long ago, you know, yeah. I was trying to get like these old videotapes, and I, you know, some <laughs> of them, uh, some of them, I think they had run the film, and then they just shot it with a video camera or something like that. You know, some of the stuff that like Nathaniel West worked on. I, uh, but yeah, now you can get everything. <laughs> and, and so, and so, what was? Um... What was the relationship like between, you include Fitzgerald, Nathaniel West, Dorothy Parker, and Bud Schulberg. What's their yeah. sort of connective tissue between among them? Well, I mean, they were all um, people that had begun their careers in some ways as uh, writers, um, you know, writers in the East. Even though Bud Schulberg was the son of a... Now, famous film producer, um, he certainly did not think that he was going to go into the family business. Thought that he, of course, he later did, but um, you know, thought that he was going to be a novelist. So they all had, you know, literary aspirations, um, and it all, you know, sort of been Eastern Eastern writers, and um, were friends, you know, for you know, in, in different permutations, you know, uh, Fitzgerald and and uh, and and uh, Parker were, of course, friends in back in New York, and then, uh, you know, again, later on. So, yeah, they drifted in, in and out of each other's each other's lives. Um, and were Parker and Parker and West were actually more, um, were they more successful screenwriters? They were, you know, because I think that they um, were better collaborators. Um, you know, Dorothy Parker was somebody who is mainly known, she's a wonderful writer, you know, I, you know, something that I think does not get enough credit, um, you know, because she never wrote a big, great American novel, or a novel at all, really, I mean, she, you know, most of her stuff are short, short humor pieces, um, but, uh, you know, no, Dorothy Parker, you know, mainly uh, was with her husband, Alan Campbell, they were a screenwriting team, um, and, uh, you know, and, and I, you know, big movie out now is Star is Born, and, you know, um, Dorothy Parker and Alan Campbell and Bud Schulberg all worked on, you know, the 30s version of, of A Star is Born. Um, and, you know, had many of their contributions. Um, but I think that, you know, again, you know, and, and Wes was a very successful screenwriter, although, you know, of the, did not have a very high literary reputation at all. You know, so he mainly worked on uh, for studios that were known as sort of, they were known as Poverty Row. Um, so they were not part of the, the major studios, you know, they were not MGM, they weren't 20th Century Fox, they weren't, they weren't even Universal or Columbia. Right. They were sort of more independent. Um, so why, what was, um, Fitzgerald went out to Hollywood a few times. He sort of went out, when was the first time he went out there? He went there in the, in the 20s, um, the first time, and, and it was a real eye-opener experience for him. Um, even though he would continue to make the same mistakes, um, but he went out there and they didn't use any of his any of his stuff, um, and he you know had 
um, gone out there and spent a lot of money. I mean, more money. Uh, he, he and Zelda went out there and they spent more money than he made. You know, on parties and you know, you know. And part of the thing was that Fitzgerald and, and Zelda were also celebrities. Um, you know, so sort of. Right. Um, lived, uh, you know, in some ways like the Kardashians, you know, sort of uh, <laughs> famous for being famous in some sort of way, in a lot of ways, um, you know. I'm uh, surprised no one asked him to be in a movie. They he- did. No, they did. I mean, they were, you know, they all fell through. I mean, they were going to have, uh, they were going to do, you know, one, one Fitzgerald novel is called The Beautiful and Damned. Um, and it's, you know, it, it, it's maybe the worst of his novels, but it was the one that he thought was going to be the most serious it's a big, uh, you know, naturalistic plotting novel, uh, you know, plot of decline of this married couple. So they were going to make that um, with with the Fitzgeralds, and of course that fell through. And they were, yeah, they because they, they had paradise. movie star looks. He did. No, no, he definitely he de- he definitely did. Um, you know, you know, uh, loved to be photographed. Yeah, you know, certainly was was handsome. Zelda too. I mean, Zelda was beautiful. They're both them were. I mean, they were they were a real, you know beautiful, beautiful couple. So he um, goes out there in the twenties, parties, spends a lot of money, doesn't make a lot, and and is sort of does he leave Hollywood kind of disillusioned or? Oh yeah, certainly. You know, um, he, you know, he thought that he was going to be able to to put a bigger mark on it. Um, you know, he he wanted to reach as many people as possible, and he saw early on that film was going to be the way to to do that. Um, so he so, didn't yeah, see I mean, he it as being to be a, sellout. a director, really. Is what really? he wanted to be. Okay, okay. Yeah, a director and a producer. I mean, if you his last novel, you know, uh, his unfinished novel, uh, The Last Tycoon, um, is all about that. You know, it's about the person who um, it's based on the the producer Irving Thalberg, but you know, somebody who is the auteur really, you know, so he's just thinking of like directors as the auteurs, you know, um, but it's actually the producer, you know, during the studio system that had the most, the most control and the most. And he um, actually liked it. Thalberg, even though he didn't care for he the did, hierarchical yeah. Hollywood system. He liked Thalberg. Why did he like him? He admired him. I mean, I think he admired him. Um, he was somebody that was a, that was a good businessman, but that was also an artist. I mean, that was the thing about about Paul Burke. Um, you know, he had both um, financial savvy and uh, you know a, a little bit of an artistic vision, but enough to know when he should get out of the way. You know, like he um, he knew that screenwriters wrote better than he did, and. And actors, you know, had things that he didn't have, and directors had something that he didn't have. But he was very good at putting it all together. You know, he was enough of an artist to know uh, how to put everything together. Um, and so, and what was um, so he leaves uh, Hollywood, and does he? He wrote about it. Did he wrote about that time in Hollywood. After yeah, the first no, he time? did. I mean, yeah. there's some short stories like. Um, uh, you know that he wrote he had written early on and then um you know crazy sunday is is based on uh when, you know one of the trips that he went out to to hollywood on and again about a screenwriter that sort of gets disillusioned and then later on he wrote the pat hobby stories about a sort of failed screenwriter so yeah he had always been writing about about hollywood and so um what because his first time in Hollywood was so uh, unpleasant for him uh, professionally, why did he go out a second time? When did he go out again? He went out again in the in the thirties. Um, one thing was that he, you know, the Great Gatsby did not do as well as he thought that he was going to. I mean, he, you know, he he in some ways was going to um, in the early twenties. Mid mid twenties uh, was going to concentrate, show, you know, uh, solely on on novels. Um, but yeah, no, once he saw that he wasn't really going to be able to make a living on on his writing, um, he knew that I, on his on his novels writing on his novels, so he knew that he would have to go out there. So he saw it as a money making thing. He that this was. This was going to be at a first, sort of cash yeah, cow. definitely. But then later on, he did, he did, you know, he did have uh, aspirations to 
to um you know to do more to maybe make his own films and you know by and then of course you know in the later 30s Zelda was committed to an institution and so Fitzgerald was uh rom- you know romantic partners with Sheila Graham who was a a gossip columnist in in Hollywood um I thought you know lived very well out there you know he you know he sort of was Screamers are sort of low on the totem pole anyway, but right. you know, among you know, among the uh, among the screenwriting community, he was, uh, he was so, certainly well liked. So, was his time out there in the '30s? Would he? Did he feel it was better than it was had been in the '20s? He, you know, some people think that he did get a little bit better. You know, that he um, you know was at least able to recognize what a gr- good screenplay should look like um and you know one evidence piece of evidence for that is in uh in um, the last tycoon um where you you know see uh you know the um Monroe star who's based on that um Dahlberg, you know giving a lesson to a screenwriter on what makes a good movie you know that it's sort of suspense um and it's it's plot oriented so you know Fitzgerald again you know even though he couldn't do it he realized that you know that that plot was much more um, intrinsic to to film, and also realized that uh, you know that um, you know in some ways a screenplay was an invitation to make art, not just a, a work of art itself. Um, you know, in some ways, like, like blueprints or to a house. And and Fitzgerald seemed to have um, sort of an inner turmoil between being an artist and being. Popular, being profitable. What was that about? I mean, you know, part of that was this idea of selling out, which I think is, I don't don't think kids now care about selling out as much or that (laughs) it's been a concept anymore. Because everybody, you know, I I think that, you know, you can remember that, uh, you know, even even a few years ago, like if you were a serious actor, you would never do television. Right. Right. You know, that was considered a sort of step down. And now, of course, television is, Maybe even replace you know replace movies as you know having the most cultural cachet you know mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. especially serialized television you know sort of like right. the Sopranos or um, so of course that's where uh, you know so a lot of these a lot of these divisions between high and low have sort of have sort of broken down. So that but that was important to him being being considered a high highbrow. Artist. Yes, very much. I mean, he thought that he could do both. And, you know, he, he definitely thought that he could be both popular and um, well-regarded artistically. And did he achieve that? <laughs> no, and, you know, you wonder how, you know, how many people ever have. Um, you know, when you think of, like, who's a famous writer now, you, there really aren't any in the same, in the same way that right. people have had cultural. I mean, Norman Mailer might have been the last one. Um, that had both, you know, um, both famous and and sort of well regarded. Um, you know, I don't know. Would you would anymore. would you include like? Well, I guess that's not normal. I I was thinking Stephen King. Yeah, no, he's always the one too. I mean, he's gotten a lot more um, credit than he used to. You know, for being uh, you know very good. But of course, the thing on Stephen King was that like, you know. It's this sort of prejudice that, like, if everybody likes it, it can't be very good, right? That it, right. it, it only has to appeal to a small select, so that you know, he's too, you know, if you're too popular, um, then it's sort of like you know, it can't be very good. You know, it's an inverse value. You know, the and again, that's you know, something like you know, when you think somebody like Nathaniel's West, Nathaniel West, who was known as a writer's writer. You know, like nobody read him in the public. He had very small reading public, yeah. but uh, write, other writers loved him, you know, for being this, uh, you know, a writer's writer, which, you know, always usually means that they're, you're unsuccessful <laughs> in the larger commercial sphere, you know. But he became, yeah. he certainly grew um, in popularity, you know, over the years. Later on, yeah. Later yeah. on. Um Miss Lonely Hearts and 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 yeah. Day of the Locust, um, but so how did he? Um, because they were sort of he and Fitzgerald were sort of mentor and I don't want to say protege, but he cert West certainly looked up to Fitzgerald, didn't he? 
He certainly did. Yeah, yeah. And Fitzgerald helped him. I mean, Fitzgerald was 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 a fairly good friend and would help people when he when he could. Um, so yeah, he wrote uh, you know a letter in support of the Daniel West Guggenheim application and uh, you know things like that. Um, and so, what did what did like what what why I mean why did Fitzgerald like him What was it about Nathaniel West that he that he sort of latched onto or appreciated One thing was that he that they he he thought that they were both um, that similar personalities that they would talk too much that they uh, in an effort to get people to sort of like them He thought they were both in that way um, you know, similar sort of in that in that way and. Um, you know, n- really not that similar in terms of um, uh, of writing style or or themes. West was a little darker, wasn't he? Much darker, much darker. Yeah, you know, and and in some ways um, less ambitious. I mean, you know, it, in some ways Fitzgerald wrote towards a, a market. And again, I think this is one of the reasons why other writers liked West. West never made an attempt to make his fiction more commercial. He just purely just wrote the stuff that he wanted to write without regards really to a, to a commercial to, to a commercial audience. Um, you know, and he would say that that's the only way he could write, you know, that he, that he, that he, he couldn't, um, you know, write in a different sort of register the way that Fitzgerald could. Um, you know, a lot of Fitzgerald stuff that he wrote for, um, you know, Sarah, like his short stories are really bad. You could tell that he wrote them <laughs> extremely quickly. Yeah. Um, so, Fitzgerald always wrote for money. I mean, the, you know, when, yeah. when Zelda wouldn't marry him because he was too poor, you know, it's that famous line that uh, is sort of in Great Gatsby or whatever, uh, or maybe maybe, maybe only in the movies, so this idea that, like, you know, <laughs> rich girls don't marry, it's in the novel, you know, rich girls don't marry poor boys, you know. Right. Um, and that's certainly, you know, they say that was something that uh, Zelda's father had said, but it was really something that um, Geneva King, you know, another uh, earlier uh, sweetheart of, of Fitzgerald's, you know, her father had said that to Fitzgerald. Um, but, you know, certainly uh, Zelda wouldn't marry him because he didn't have enough money, and he said, you know, I'm going to, I'll show you. Right. And he went back to um, Minnesota, and, uh, you know, he wrote This Side of Paradise and became a famous writer, you know. <laughs> so he was able to fulfill his, you know, his dream that, you know, and, and then return and, and to Montgomery and, and marry Zelda. So. Um, so there have been two uh, versions of The Great Gatsby that I'm familiar with. To him. There's one that's lost, right? There's one, there's one oh, okay. from the 20s that was lost but there's, there's the, four, you know, and then there's a one for the fifties and now, you know, an right. Alan Ladd one, the guy that played Shane. But, okay. Al- yeah. Really? And Alan, La- was Alan Ladd Gatsby? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he's a better Gatsby than Robert Redford. I mean, if you read the book, I mean, Gatsby is much more of a sort of gangster looking type, you know, he's not Robert Redford or right. Leonard, Leonardo DiCaprio, these sort of like beautiful, you know, California looking like, yeah. So 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 would Fitzgerald you think would actually not have cared for either the the Redford or the DiCaprio uh, Gatsby's? I don't know that he liked any of the movies. You know, he you know, he he loved to um disparage the you know the movies made from his from his stuff, you know. Um you know, I talk about that in the book, all of that, you know, this idea that, like, he's, we always say that, you know, the book, you know, it's nothing like the book, or that's not, you know, wrote to his aunt and his uncle, you know. You could always say that, that you know, it's not, the movie's not in the same spirit as the, as the book. But, no, that's a good question. Which one would he, would he, would he have liked more? Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked them both, you know, I, I, I think the Leonardo DiCaprio one's a little bit, a little bit better, and a little bit more in the sort of spirit of it. I think. Really? Really? Okay. But there's also one that was, you know, and I can't remember when it came out, but there's there's one version of it. It's an all-African-American version. It's called G. Um, and it, uh, you know, I think that that captures it, the sort of, the sort of, the, you know, the best. And when did that the come out? Star and, I know, I'm trying to think. But, uh, 
I could look it up on my computer, but that would be too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's called G. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I got to check that out. Your audience can yeah, look that up. Uh, uh, but was it, I mean, did it come out like in the last 20 years or? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And Bubbles from the Wire is in it. Okay. Of course, okay. Has, has a name, but I, I don't know what it is. Um, Interesting. Oh, I got to look that up. Uh, and yeah, of course, you know, Gatsby himself is a, is a gangster. You know, that's the, that's the, that's how he's making his money. Right, um, right. Uh, so what happened... Because you're saying when get when the Great Gatsby book came out, it actually wasn't that popular. Um, no. So no, so what happened to increase the popularity of that book? Had, was it just time, or I mean, why did one that suddenly? Was, uh, yeah, I mean, one thing was time. That, that, you know, that, that there was a revival, Fitzgerald sort of revival in the nineteen in the nineteen fifties. And another part of it, as you remember, like we started with me saying that I teach the Great Gatsby every year. And that's another very big thing about how things get into the canon is that they're taught. You know, so it's a it's a book that continues to be taught in, in, in high school and in and in college. And why? Why is that book as opposed to you know Again, another... I think it just continues to it continues to to speak to people. Um, and you continue to be able to get new things out of it or see things in the sort of in a, in a sort of new way. Um, and would you say it's the best of his books? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I definitely would say that. Yeah. I mean, there's parts of other books that are. I mean, there's one. There's one part in um, in Tenor uh, um, is the Night. You know, when they talk about all of the things that went into you know the 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 main character, the, the female protagonist all the things that went into her appearance like, like all the people that had to like be working uh you know spinning the the, the cotton down somewhere uh to be able to have this woman be she is you know all the people behind the scenes and all the uh, that goes into that you know i think that, that that's a great sort of passage and, and sort of shows that um you know Fitzgerald was thinking about um how things actually got made. You know, because the thing about Fitzgerald that, that, that people didn't like was that he was somebody that was only interested in services or, or appearances. Uh, somebody that was only interested in cozying up to the to the rich. You know, and again, there's some validity to that. You know, um, Fitzgerald wanted to be admired the rich, but also criticize them, you know, at the, at the same sort of time. Uh, was able to hold both of those things at the at the same time. So, you know, so was attracted to shiny objects, but also <laughs> wanted to know, like, how they were, right, right. how they were made or what had gone into, um, into them. <clears throat> so how many um, of Fitzgerald's books were made into movies or have been made into movies while he was alive? Well, like, there was a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of movies, you probably know this, you know, there's tons of movies that were made that we that are just lost, you know, right. and, you know, because they were not preserved and they were not, you know, meant to be preserved in some ways. Um, so, yeah, a lot of them, a lot of his short stories had been, um, were made into, into movies. And were they, uh, were they critically successful? Not really, no, no, not really. I mean, you know, if you think, you know, certain, uh, even that, like, none of the, 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 um, the Great Gatsby versions is considered a great classic movie. You know, in some ways, the, the Robert, the, the, um, in terms of fashion, the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the Robert Redford, the 70s one, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, because of the look of it, I think, um, it's considered, you know, to have some, Import mainly because Ralph Lauren, you know, designed uh, the, uh, you know, all the all the stuff, <laughs> all the costumes. They do look beautiful. Yeah, no, it is. They it's were... a beautiful. It's a beautiful uh, looking. Movie. I don't think uh, Mia Farrow has ever looked more beautiful. No, no, it's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, so a lot of movies were made while he was alive from his novels and short stories. Yeah. Did he like any of them, or did he disparage all of them? 
He mainly, yeah, no, he sort of, he disparaged a lot of, I mean, Hemingway was like that too. I mean, Hemingway eventually would stop selling his, you know, stuff to Tyler. He just didn't want them made anymore. Um, I mean, that's true of a lot of authors. They don't, they're, you know, they're, at the, of the time, they weren't happy with, with, um, you know, what Hollywood had done to it. And there, again, that's true. I mean, you know, and it's something that's still with us today, this idea that like, oh yeah, the book is better, you know? Um, it's yeah. not always true, you know? No, no. The Godfather is a lot better of a movie than it is a book. Yes, know? yes. So is and Jaws. Again, you know, an example of some... Sorry, God, Jaws is as well. Yep, Jaws. Um, it's certainly, you know, Mario Puzo, who wrote The Godfather, you know, it's in a similar high or low thing, you know, was, was trying to be a highbrow novelist, wasn't doing very well at it, and was like, you know what, I'm going to write a mafia book. And, uh, of course, that's how he... He got slumming. That's how he got famous doing it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, no, there's a lot of examples where the where the movie's superior to the book. Gone with the Wind, might, you know, again, might be another one. Yeah, I couldn't make it through that book. Is there a, a movie, or has a movie come out from his work that is that is good, that you think is, like, like that's the best movie that's been made of his books or short stories? It's hard to know. I mean, there's, you know, there, PBS did this um, series where they did these short, you know, they're shorter sort of movies. Um, Bernice bobs her hair. That's, that's, that's pretty good. Um, but, yeah, no, it's hard to think. Does it, is it just you know, that his writing about, doesn't you know, translate well? No, I don't think it does. No, it's hard to, it's really hard to capture it. I mean, I do think that that's true. You know, because they're not very well plotted, I think that that you know goes back to that. Yeah, they do not translate very well to to film. Um, and I see that there's yeah, a new Last Tycoon out there. You know, the Amazon series. Yeah, looked like it was going to have promise. You know, the the, the pilot was pretty good, but then of course it fell off after that, and they tried to do a lot of different things. I don't know. Did you see that at all? The Amazon last tycoon? Yeah. I, I, I yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, they I, added on like this hoop, like so all these things, you know, this Nazi subplot and this, uh, yeah, I thought that was a little uh, odd. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, and then, and the, you know, there's a last tycoon that was directed by Ilya Kazan. Um, which you I'm would sorry, think, Robert, you know, you hear Ilya Kazan, you think it's going to be pretty good. I know. No, it's true. I know. Yeah. But not so much. No. And yeah, I think, you know, again, a perfect example of somebody who's, the, the movies are better than the book is, is uh, you know, is Bud Schulberg. You know, On the Waterfront, which he both wrote as a novel and as he wrote the screenplay for it, you know, it's a, it's a classic movie. You know, it's constantly appearing on the one of the best movies of all time list. Um, a Face in the Crowd is another, you know, wonderful movie. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, again, those are both Kazan movies. Andy, Andy Griffith, if you wouldn't. You, you, oh, my God, yeah. It's, it is not Mayberry. It's so, a, no, so against cast against type, yeah. Uh, uh, but again, those, those are great movies. Yeah, yeah. And I heard that there's um, there was a little, I don't know if controversy is the word, but uh, discussion over um, Brando had said that he had ad-libbed. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, he's always maintained that. Yeah. Um, but you say n- not so much. No, it's no, I mean it's in the shootings, and the, the, you know the the shooting script is available. I mean, you could you could buy that. Um, let's not say that he didn't alter it. I, let's say he did it. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's in the script. So he didn't come up with it all by himself. The the line no. I uh, I could have been in yeah, contenders. No, it's, you know, the, you know, uh, yeah, it could have been a contender. Yep, it's in the it's in the script. Um, but again, you know, with any sort of attribution, it's tough. Like you know, I you know, I wrote that line, or you know, or, and and the star is born. There's a the last line is you know the '30s one. You know, like I'm you know, this is Norman Maine, and everybody took credit for that for that line. Right, right. Uh, um, and it, and there really is no way to. Like confirm one way or the other. It's hard. I mean, like when I was looking at when I was reading the book and I was looking, you know, at different versions of scripts, and you know, you see have to look at the the dates and the sort of um, 
it's hard, you know, version, you know, numbered or ones that have like people's handwriting in the script. You know, you see the shooting mm-hmm. script and you got like handwriting and pencil in it. You're like, you know, you, you don't know who, who put that there. If it was right, right. Um, and then, so there was also talk about he did uh, the Pat Hobby stories, and when when was he writing those? He was writing those in, in the well. He wrote them for Esquire again, you know, to make to, you know, to try and make some some money in the in the late thirties, um, and you know, into into the. You know, some of them he may, may have written a little bit before, you know, but they started coming out in in Esquire. Um, and you're saying that they're actually um, better than he's maybe given credit for? I think they're for? pretty good. I think they're funny. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think a lot of them are funny. Yeah. I, again, I think they again. I don't think they get enough enough sort of credit um, because they, you know they they don't try and do much. You know, they just try and do like little uh, funny things. So for what they are, I think they 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 succeed. Um, and what are they again, exactly? They're it's about a screenwriter or. Yeah, it's a screenwriter and just like a series of sort of, it's almost like a little sitcom or whatever, you know, like a, just a series. Usually, you know, he'll, he'll sort of be, uh, 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 it, it'll turn on like a sort of misfortune or sort of, you know, there's slapstick elements of it. Um, there are elements of it um, that are, uh, you know, and some, and some of them, you know, he, he is the one... Um, you know, humiliated, and then in some other ones, he he's the one that uh, that uh, triumphs. You know, almost like Bugs Bunny, <laughs> like that. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. He's a little bit of a of a of a of a, of a charlatan, a little bit of a sort of trickster figure. You know, and some of them he's sort of like a, a sad sack, and and other of them he, he you know, that but is, he's resilient. You know, he always yeah. bounces back. Right, right, right. And those, see, now that sounds like it would be, like, you could film that. Those sound more filmable. Yeah, I wonder if they, I don't know if they, if those. I mean, the whole sort of slapstick, you know, and, and, and I mean, it just seems like something that you might even see on Netflix or Amazon, like a serial, yeah, serialized. True, yeah, yeah. Um, Did you see the, uh, it was only on for one season, but that Z, it was mainly about Zelda. It was like Z, the beginning no, of everything. It not, somebody gave me the novel when it came out. And I, I still haven't read it. No, I uh, didn't see it. I, I have to Christina say... Ricci, is it, is yes. It, is it Christina Ricci? Christina Ricci is Zelda, yes. Um, I actually kind of liked it, I have to say. I was a little bummed that they, that they canceled it. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Actually, they, uh, you know, they shot a lot in Alabama and um, uh, I just, I kind of liked, well, you rarely see stuff about them where she's the forefront. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, and I, and I liked that they, not that he was the background, but it was definitely more Hearst about her and her story and you know it begins yeah. with her and she and he sort of comes into it um but uh yeah i mean yeah she yeah she certainly was a you know a writer in her own in her own right um but you know certainly somebody who was overshadowed by 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 her husband um you know and saying that sometimes you know i mean he he, he definitely he would you know would tell friends and letters and stuff that uh Knew that he was the real artist and she was just a dilettante. But yeah, no, they've. I mean, in the twenties, that's not very nice. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, you know that sort of. You know, she would accuse him of, you know, kiddingly or not so kiddingly. You know, whatever. You know, plagiarism begins at home and stuff. You know, a lot of times she would write something and, and you know, little things I'm talking about for like magazines and stuff. Right. You know, she would write it. And then, like she, and then both their names would be on it, you know, because he was the more famous one. So it'd be like, you know, she would write it, but it would be both, you know, Scott and Zelda Fitzgerald. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know about that. I mean, you know, Save Me the Waltz is not, it's not, it's not a bad novel at all. And that's Zelda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, she, in some ways, you know, and she like when she was older, she decided she wanted to become a ballerina. You know, so sometimes people make fun of her for that. You know. 
something that uh, you would have you would have to start that a lot earlier. Right, right. <laughs> that you, you can't decide. You can't really start being a ballerina in your thirties. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to start my NBA career. Yeah. <laughs> no. <Yes. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, just this last, um, oh, when was it? This past May, I was in, uh, uh, I was in Alabama, and I went to their, I saw their house. Yeah. That they yeah, lived I'm in. Down there too. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a lovely house. It's smaller. Then I. It is. It always are. These things always are. Like any writer's house is. <laughs> never is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really know what I was imagining, but it was not a big house. Um, no. But it was very nice, and and they, I just remember someone saying that it was. I think I was listening to like an audio thing, and that she loved it, but that it was like they basically said that as soon as he got an offer to go to Hollywood, he left, that he didn't want to be there. Yeah. Um, now, was that because of her father, or what was that about? He did like a move. I mean, he was not really a homebody. In other words, you know, he, he, he was like something that, that uh, I mean, they had tons of houses all over the place. They were, they were rent for, for a short time. or um, Yeah, no, he, you know, he, he was, uh, he liked to keep moving, definitely. And, and so when... Um, I think this was in the 30s that they were there. Uh, I think this was before um, before she was put into the yeah, institution. institution. Yeah. Um, so that was, I think it was, they said it was the last place they had lived before um, she was put into the institution and, and that he was yeah. actually not there that much, that he was out in Hollywood. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely true. I mean, there's something about trying to make an argument that that Fitzgerald is a you know, the, I, I forget how many years ago it was it? There was a we you know the soon I go to the um, the Fitzgerald conference. It's it's a biannual every every two years, um, and, and it was to Montgomery one time, and there was there was many papers that um, that were trying to make a case of, uh, for Fitzgerald as a sort of southern a southern writer. Um, He's but, not. Um, I <laughs> no, I know. And then again, is he a mid? You know, again, is he a Midwestern writer? Is he? Uh, yeah, certainly, this year it's going to be in France. So I'm sure there'll be papers on saying he's a French writer. He's a French writer. <laughs> so, what is it about Fitzgerald that, um, all these years later in the 21st century now, he's still like relevant? I mean, you know. Well, he's a romantic too. It's the other thing. Yeah. I mean, everyone is so cool and cynical now, and and, and certainly Fitzgerald was never, uh, you know, he got down. Certainly, I mean, certainly he did. I mean, he's got a whole, you know, the crack up is a, a series of articles and 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 essays on his mental breakdown. Yeah, you know? so he certainly somebody who had dark dark periods. But uh, you know, again, I think somebody who um, uh, did, you know, did. Uh, Never lost the, you know, hope in some ways. Uh, always had the heart of a, of a romantic. Uh, you know, this idea of of yearning, um, I think is throughout Fitzgerald. Um, because he seems to have, in the year, you know, preceding years, he seems to have sort of risen in fame over even Nathaniel West and Dorothy Parker. It's true, you know, and again, and maybe even Hemingway. I mean, you know, yeah. you wonder if Hemingway is, is inclined in some ways because um, because his stuff is so butchy, you know, sort of um, so hyper masculine in a lot of ways. Well, I feel, and I feel like Hemingway is sort of more famous for being Hemingway, yeah, you know, true. than than yeah. for his writing, but more for his sort of exploits and bullfighting or yeah. whatever, you know, that yeah. he sort of has his own sort of mythic. Um, you know, profile, it's but true, it's yeah. less about his work as a writer and more about his yeah. persona. Uh, yeah. Whereas Fitzgerald, I feel like it's both. I mean, he's sort of certainly known as not a playboy, but as a, a partier. Yeah. Uh, uh, in the twenties, um, but he's also known for his work. Yeah, no, I think it's true, and you know, and some you know some beautiful lyrical passages. I mean, some of the you know beautiful stuff. 
So I mean, well, the end of the Great Gatsby. Yeah. I think mean, the end of the Great Gatsby is just wonderful, um, and I think you know captures that sort of um, the yearning or the sort of uh, optim, you know, measured optimism or you know, sort of. So, if you were to um, cast the Great Gatsby, who would you cast as Gatsby? I know. I have actually thought about this. I think Robert De Niro would have made a, a better, a more, a better Gatsby. Um, Interesting. Uh, I um, like that De Niro. Well, the thing is, again, and in, in, in the movie, um, and when you have Robert Redford as Gatsby, you know, it just changes the whole thing. I mean, part of the thing about Gatsby is he's a little disappointing. You know, he's built up so much. Like you don't, he's talked about a lot for a long time in the novel before you even see him, and then you don't even know it's him. It turns out that you know. That the person Nick is talking to is Gatsby, you know. So there's, right. you know, there's a part of that that is. That, of course, when you see Robert De Niro, you're like, oh yeah, he must be Gatsby. You know, so it's a different. Right. Than, when you see Robert Lawrence. Redford, you think, why are you not with him? I know. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think the same could be said of DiCaprio. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm sure they're, you know. A lot of women would say, well, why would you not want to be with that guy? Yeah. Uh, so he's... And Daisy's not a great part either, too. Like, we, you know, one of the questions is always, like, how much does she really know? Like, is she just that much of an airhead, you know? Right. You know, some people say no. I mean, that you know, there's that thing where, where, you know, they bring in, like, her little daughter, and she says, you know, I hope that she's just a little, she's a little fool or whatever, that the best way to go through life is as a little fool. You know, which sort of gives you this sort of insight that Daisy might just be, you know, pretending to be, you know, um, vacuous. Yeah, vacuous. Yeah, that there's a lot sort of more going on. Uh, uh, what do you think? Do you think that she's as as dumb as she's? Well, I mean, another one, yeah, again, <laughs> that often comes up is that Fitzgerald sometimes depicts her as a blonde. You know, at one point, he says that she's blonde, and then another part, he says that she has dark hair. So, you know, in some ways, she's much more of an idea than she is a person, you know? Right. Um, she's almost purely symbolic, you know, to to, to, to Gatsby, but, but also, you know, mainly, maybe even to Fitzgerald. And I mean, even the name Daisy is kind of a... You know, it's a flower, but it's not. Yeah. It's not a rose. I mean, when you think of a daisy, yeah. it's not the most romantic. It's kind of like a sort of a step up from a dandelion. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of a plain flower. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sweet, cute, you know, but not. <laughs> you don't you don't give someone a bouquet of daisies usually. No, it's true. Uh. <laughs> But that's interesting. That's interesting that she's um, maybe not even more a more a more a sort of creation in his mind than an actual person. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I. Well, good. This has been very interesting. So I wanted to ask if you had um, sort of any final thoughts on Fitzgerald's time in Hollywood and and uh, sort of give him a new. Um, uh, myth, <laughs> as opposed to the the misconceptions of his time in Hollywood. Well, you know, I, I think that he was not ruined by by Hollywood. Um, I think that uh, you know it certainly provided him with money and provided him, I think, with with subject matter. Um, but I think it also increased his his reputation a little bit, you know, because you know you, when you asked me before, like, why was he recovered? Um, I think that that makes him more famous that he that this idea that he was somehow lost or that he was um, in decline. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it sort of like increases the pleasure of rediscovering him, or sort of you know, even though he wasn't, uh, you know, hadn't gone anywhere. And we see this with actors all the time too, when they're always saying like, you know, it's like Matthew McConaughey's back. Well, he never really, he never really went anywhere. You know, right, right. Yeah, there's always yeah. stuff that's like that. They say that about Detroit. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, De- De- Detroit hasn't gone anywhere, but uh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, America likes comebacks. Yeah, comeback yeah. stories. No, that's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, Fitzgerald's big line was that there's no second acts in American lives, you know. But, but there, there is, you know, all the all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and there has certainly been uh, second acts in his life. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Oh, you know, definitely. Uh, he you know, continues, as I said, you know, continues to be um, on, um, you know, syllabi. Continues to be, to be read. Um, and what was he... Still remain fascinated by him. And so he was working on The Last Tycoon when he died. Yeah, yeah. And he had, you know, he planned to... to to finish it, but yeah, in some ways it's again better unfinished. You know, really? Why? Well, I mean, oh, the idea of like what it could have been, or sort of right, the law, you right. know, like that 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 there was this promise that was sort of you know this idea of the candle being sort of snuffed out, or right, you know. right, a sort of James Dean <laughs> type of scenario, um, and and tragically, Nathaniel West died. Like the next day or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, some people think that he was on his way to maybe services, or so that he that that the reaction to to uh, Fitzgerald's heart attack um, was, uh, and their bodies were shipped back east to get on the same on the same train. Really? For burial, yeah. So. Um, and so, how how old was Fitzgerald when he died? Let's see. I'm not great at this. So he died in, I think, December 1940. So I don't, I don't know. When was he born? 1896, maybe. I don't know. You have to check okay. my dates later. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, but he was young. He yeah, was a young guy. Yeah. He was, I mean, you know, he was. He was in his, you know, you know, four, you know early for, mid 40s. Early, yeah, early to mid 40s. Yeah. Uh, and Nathaniel West was even younger. He was, yeah, he was even younger. Yeah. Uh, and so he's sort of, and of in course, the, and of course, the great, um, the one that I know the most is the Day of the Locust, the the, the movie that was made um, with Donald Sutherland, I believe. Yeah, right. Yeah, in, Karen Black's in that too. Yeah. In the seventies. Um, yeah, Karen Black is in both the Day of the Locust and The Great Gatsby. Isn't that interesting? Mortal Wilson. Yes, she's the common, the common thread. The common thread. Um, Interesting. Uh, uh, and who is and she in know, The Great it, Gatsby? She's Myrtle Wilson. Okay, Myrtle Wilson. All right, right, right. But, uh, yeah, again, you know, Fitzgerald, uh, West stuff does not translate very well to um, film either. You know? And does not teach well. So undergraduates do not like Nathaniel West. <laughs> really? <laughs> I can tell you that. I've been trying out to. Uh, some of them do. Some of the. Uh, Why is it? You would think that, I don't know, kids might be attracted to the darker side. Yeah. That's yeah, interesting. No, Why is it? Why do they not like it, do you think? Well, I think a lot of it. I mean, I think it, it, in some ways you have to know a lot about classical Hollywood to get Day of the Locust, to know exactly what it is that he's. Right. Critiquing. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but uh, you know, Miss Lonely Hearts is great. You know, I think that that's. But, um, but yeah, we're not talking about like you know writers that have many, many great. Certainly, Nathaniel West, you know, he's only got what like four, you know, four novels, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and not a lot of short stories. And so you know, the the the, the, the West canon is pretty is pretty small. Uh, uh, Sarah wrote a ton. I mean, tons yeah. of short stories. You know, you know, they just I think just last year there was or the year before that they had a bunch of stories that that no one had seen before, you know. Um, Where did they find them? That, uh, I think some of them were, uh, uh, had had appeared, but had never been collected. Um, and then other ones, I think a few of other ones, they just, this happens all the time, they find, you wonder where they find, where they find these things. Usually in archives, right? That's really right. where they find them, like among, among papers and stuff. Right, it's right. Never, yeah, it's, never, it's never, it's not very rarely in someone's attic or something. Right, like right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you. This has been a really interesting conversation about uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald and Nathaniel West and Dorothy Parker in Hollywood and Bud Schulberg. Um, we'll have to uh, talk again more about the other about the others. Yeah, no, usually <laughs> people want to know about Fitzgerald, but that usually yeah. is the uh, yeah yeah. The um, when they were doing the cover, a bunch of different covers, they're like, let's do the Fitzgerald cover. 
Well, he seems to be the most known. Uh, among, yeah, I mean, the among, one that, that I think capt- captures the public's imagination the most, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so thank you very much. This has been great, and uh, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I did, yes. No, I love talking about this stuff. Thank you for listening to The Real Woman Podcast. Please join me next week when my guest will be Maggie McKay, Executive Director at Vidiots. We'll be discussing two movies from 1991, Point Break and Thelma and Louise. Thank you. Good evening.